Welcome to Mavs Daily, where we break down the question, event, news, or trend. My name is Lizelle from Mavs Digital, and today Becca joins me on the pod. How are you, Becca? I'm good. Just another day. Woohoo! Okay, so Becca, today, Mavs Daily podcast listeners, today we are pumped for our guests. Her desk is actually physically behind mine and Becca's desk in the office. And we love like chatting with her when we need brain breaks and like she'll pick up on our random conversations and then we're just like, wait, that does sound ridiculous if you were just listening to us. (laughs) She was a video producer for the Mavs, a very seasoned vet in NBA, MLB, and I'm sure other professional leagues. Can't wait to talk to her. Everyone welcome Carla Janeway. Thank you. It's good to be here. (laughs) Yes. We're so excited. We love you. We love you. Um, okay, I love first you guys. Things. I miss you. I miss you too. <laughs> Staying COVID. Okay, so first things first, we need like a proper introduction. So who are you? Where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? I know me and Becca know that, but let the followers and the listeners know who you are <laughs> and your journey into professional sports. All right. Well, uh, I was born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas. I went to college at TCU, so, you know, really went a long way away for school. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then uh, while I was a um, senior at TCU, I started an internship at uh, the local local NBC affiliate in Dallas, and I worked there for about eight years, and then I moved over and started doing uh, baseball broadcasts for the Texas Rangers. And then when Fox Sports Southwest bought the rights to the Rangers, I became a full-time freelancer and was traveling, uh, doing 150 games a year with the Rangers and then doing all 40-some-odd home games for the Stars on their broadcast and all 40-some-odd home games for the Mavericks on their broadcast. So I was doing well over 200 events a year, not to mention – Big 12 men's and women's basketball and uh, other sports from volleyball to, you know, football, all of it. And, um, oh my goodness. Yeah. And then I transitioned from the Mavs broadcast over to the in arena show. And the first year I produced the in arena show, I believe was the 2007, 2008 season. So I've been doing that for the Mavs ever since. And then in December of 2019, just a few months ago, I became a full-time Mavericks employee, and I had been with the team three months before the shutdown happened, and we all got sent home, and we've been waiting, and now I am in Orlando in the bubble, representing the Mavs organization and helping to create a home game atmosphere for all of the home teams that are here. So I won't necessarily, I'm not just working Mavs games. I may also be like producing a home game for the Milwaukee Bucks or uh, another team. So that's, that's what's going on here. And we're in day two of our seven day in-room quarantine. Or I guess, yeah, day two technically. Yeah. So. Dang. Okay, well, we're definitely gonna get to the bubble here in a minute. Cause we no want problem. all the juicy gossip from the bubble. but. <laughs> <laughs> we just kind of want to know um, and let our listeners know, like, what did broadcast look like whenever you first started doing it and then that transition to doing in arena? And how does broadcast differ from 
baseball to hockey to Mavs. I mean, yeah, we know Mavs watch it, but what have you noticed even just over the years? Things like well, that. it's funny because, uh, you know, this year we've had virtual interns and I realized just how seasoned, for lack of a better word, a veteran I am when I'm telling them about <laughs> things. So like the first day I walked into a newsroom um, to start working, they were smoking in the newsroom. Yeah. They were using typewriters with carbon paper. Y'all can Google it to see what that is. And, <laughs> and fax machines to send information from like the Dallas newsroom to the Fort Worth newsroom and, and all of that. So that was crazy. And I mean, there was no digital recording devices. Everything was still on tape, you know? Um, so that's changed a great deal. And then eventually we got computers and printers and email and that's all been within my professional career my goodness you've seen it all (laughs) so Mm -hmm. you know and then like I said transitioning over to broadcast sports again you know it's uh it's changed a lot but it's funny because when I was working at channel five you know, a lot of people think of news and television as kind of a male-dominated environment, but there were a lot of women, especially in key positions. Our producers for our top newscasts were women. And then moving over to sports, all of a sudden, I was all by myself. And it was crazy. And um, so, you know, you have to learn to adapt <laughs> in an environment where you just want to fit in. I like yeah. sports. I don't want to be treated any differently than any other sports fan. Right. You know, and and there's times when I had to bite my tongue real hard, you know, to not get in a ridiculous argument because, you know, someone thinks you're an idiot. Uh, There's plenty of things I'm stupid about, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's hard to argue with numbers, right? Right. So exactly. So, uh, yeah, so, and, and when I first started in baseball, we had a beautiful control room that was actually in the office building in the center field out at Globe Life Park. And then uh, when we moved to Fox Sports Southwest, then we were in the trucks, out on the truck compound. And um, so, you know, it's pretty similar. It's different crews, but, you know, the way the Stars run their show and the Rangers run their show and the Mavericks run their broadcast, you know, a lot of the camera guys, tape guys, a lot of the core crew members are the same. They just rotate from sport to sport, venue to venue. And then each production crew um, is separate. Although like the director for the stars also will direct some Ranger games. So we do move around and end up all working together. But, uh, and then, you know, the production trucks that we work on, the home trucks, they will travel sometimes, but most of the time when the guys go to different cities, they're on a different truck in every city. And yep. so, you know, it's still the same basic equipment, but it'll be like the, the whole crew is, is local. So, yep. And it's locals that have probably been working their games for decades, so they're very familiar with it. But it's yeah, so crazy. It's, it's a small community. <laughs> yeah, for real. And then the I, difference in now in the, doing the in arena show, you know, which is the one you see when you come to the game, it's yep. super fun because it's not balanced coverage. We are the Mavs home show. Our goal is to entertain the Mavs fan. And I always tell our visitors, because we get students that come through in tour groups, and I'm like, LeBron James could ride into this arena on a unicorn 
and, you know, slam dunk from the half court with fire shooting out his nostrils, and you're not going to see it on our Jumbotron show. <laughs> That's true. Very true. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's super fun to do the arena show, to do all math, to throw that party 41 times a year, plus playoffs. Yep. I just have a quick question for you. Sure. How, how does it feel to be, you know, one of the few people down there doing what you do for like this whole, you know, unique experience and be chosen for that, you know, and be responsible for not just the Mavs home games, but like you said, like the Bucks home games, like how does that feel for you? Is that like a big, like for me, I feel like I would be so honored to do that. Is that kind of the feeling that you have? It's, it's extremely flattering. It's amazing. It's so surreal to be here, you know, to think about what four months ago, I had no clue. I, would be sitting, I mean, I've never even been to Disney World before. Really? Oh my yeah, gosh. This is my first trip, and I still feel like the kids standing outside the gate staring through the. <laughs> I've gotten lost there so many times. It's really, it's really a scary place. But, you know, it's funny because my role will be different here. I won't actually be calling the show. Right. I'm actually, and, and this is a crazy stat. This will be the first time that I'm in the seating bowl for a Mavericks game. Oh. because I've only ever been either in the broadcast truck or in the control room. Wow. And our positions for these uh, games, I will be in the arena and I'll be working with the technicians that are operating the big fan wall and the video screens and the ribbon boards and making wow. sure that the proper content is airing at the proper time and in the sequence that each team wants it to, to air. It's oh so. a big job. It yeah. seems like a lot of pressure. Yeah. I know. I'm terrified, if that's okay to say. <laughs> but totally we have to okay. sit here in our room worrying about it for a week before we can actually even get out and see the equipment. So <laughs> You're not oh, one no. to be phased, though. I feel like it's going to be mm -hmm. all fine. I, 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 hope, I hope so. It's just, you know, you do one show for 13 years. Right. And now you're like, oh. But what, what an experience that you get to have that no one else does, like... Yeah like you and just a couple other people. I don't know how many other people are with you to do it, but that is just so We have surreal. four separate crews. My crew is slated to stay through the finals. Oh, wow. My yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How crazy. So. <laughs> That's insane. So, uh, so that'll be great. So I'll be here when the Mavs win it all. Yep. Yes. And, yay. Uh, so there are three arenas that are operating. And as the regular season ends, one crew will go home. And then as the playoffs start to weed out teams, they'll close down until they're just in our arena. Got it. Okay. Got so it. Operating that one gotcha. venue. Got it. Oh, behind the scenes. <laughs> well, I know that, you know, you and I have talked about this a couple of times. Um, or, and we've had, you know, just talks about women in the industry. And you kind of mm -hmm. touched on it just a second ago. But to dive a little bit deeper, you know, we talk about this on the podcast all the time, Lizelle and I, if we, whether we're bringing on another woman, like today, an episode went out um, with me and coach Jenny talking about her being the assistant coach and the only woman coach and one of 11 coaches in the league, you know, and I, you and I have spoken about this before. So, but tell our listeners, you know, the misconceptions of you, yeah. you know, being, you know, like you said, the only woman in the truck or the only woman in the room, you know, mm -hmm. and tell, and it, can you share with us, you know, what it was like when you first took your first job in sports as a woman? Yeah. Well, it was funny because when I uh, took the job to be an associate producer for the Ranger broadcast, 
my producer told me, and I don't know if this is true. I've never, you know, asked the Rangers specifically, but I was told that I was the first woman to travel with the team and that they had to ask permission from the players, coaches, upper management to have me on the plane, which, Ew. you know, it's silly because the flight attendants on the plane were predominantly female, Yep. you know, and eventually the Rangers had female staff members that traveled. And obviously, you know, you guys working with the Mavs, you knew Sarah was already uh, traveling mm -hmm. with them for a long period of time and stuff. So when I started traveling, I traveled full time with the Rangers for six seasons. And then uh, my position was eliminated as a travel position uh, full time. And so I would fill in there was like a rotation of two or three of us. So I would do a portion of the game. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't necessarily travel all the time. And, you know, in that period of time, you know, now like Emily Jones travels with the Rangers. There's been, you know, more women that have been part of the, the staff and the crew to travel with them. So it, it was, it, I just remember the first season I traveled because, you know, I'm, I can be very outgoing, but I can also like hole up in my room for seven days, no sweat. But it was so funny because I remember in like September after most of the season, just hanging with the fellas, I went into the gift shop in uh, the hotel in Kansas City, like just to get something to drink and ended up talking to the girl behind the counter for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> just to get some girl, some girl, girl interaction. Chat, you know? Yeah, for real. You know, oh, I feel that so, so hard, yeah. But it's funny. I mean, the, the I tell people the difference between working with all men and working with mostly women, and I've done both, is that, you know, there are women that pissed me off 30 years ago that I still won't speak to. And the guys will be screaming mad at each other, and the next day they'll be like, let's go get a beer. Yep, yep. You know, they tend, tend to let it go a little faster, at least in, in my experience. But, the girl um, but no, I mean, people assume you know, they talk down to you, they assume you don't know anything. Yeah. They, you know, I, I can remember talking about what a beautiful swing Rafael Palmero had. And this guy's like, yeah, like, you know, the difference. Oh, like, uh... yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, anybody can look at Julio Franco's swing, and Rafael <laughs> Palmero's swing and know who has the prettier swing. That doesn't require male genitalia. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. oh my god so but, you know and, and I can even and, and my mom is a huge sports fan too my parents both coached and I have zero athletic ability so it was a natural progression to end up covering sports <laughs> but my mom one time I thought she was going to pick a fight at a game because these two idiots in front of us um it was back when Roberto Alomar would get booed in every city and so this kid in front of us was like why do they always boo Roberto Alomar and his buddy said well because he charged them out against Nolan Ryan and my mom's like no he didn't he spit on the referee that was, oh, you know, no. and she's like, I'm like shut up shut up other <laughs> idiots I'm like oh my god stop talking <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> oh my god I love that yeah and then you know mo more recently a, a guy got into it with me over the 2010 and 2011 World Series in which teams were, and I'm like, dude, you're wrong. Look it right. up here. It's called Google. It's not that hard to figure it out. <laughs> That's crazy. But anyway, I have, but I, I have no doubt that you uh, that you take care of those situations and <laughs> shut it all down immediately. Damn. <laughs> yes. So you know, you you try to, 
you know, you can't take the Southern woman out of the Southern woman. You still try right. to be somewhat kind. You're a lady. Yes, when you tell I mean, them, but bless their heart. Sometimes you just... <laughs> <laughs> I love that, bless their heart. But have you seen, you know, as, you know, a woman working in sports for as long mm-hmm. as you have, like, where we're at today, the progression of, you know, just women working in sports, I mean, are you pleased with it? What could be, you know, fixed? Anything like that? What are your opinions? I get upset when I hear people, you know, some of the fellas I work with, and they, and they make comments as if, oh, no, i got to mind my behavior because someone, you know, there's a woman in the truck. And I'm like, how about you just not be creepy? Yeah. Yeah. You know, how about yeah. you not be gross or handsy or, or whatever, you know, because as a seasoned vet, there are some younger women that are on the crew now and they're they're little and tiny and cute and adorable and I just love them and they've been through some ridiculous situations right and right. you know the hard part is in 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 my experience and this is not any team specific any employer specific but in the situations that I have been through in my career when someone has complained it's been the woman that's been let go not the aggressor and yeah. that's the most disappointing and you know i hope my goal is i want to be someone people feel safe talking for sure because you know i don't i don't have anything to lose i mean i'll go work at home depot if i have to (laughs) i'm not gonna put up with that and i damn sure don't want you girls to put up with. we'd still interview you yeah Yeah. (laughs) and that was no shot at home depot i i spend lots of money there so <laughs> looking, looking for that employee discount. Yeah, sponsor but, us, Home Depot. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's heartbreaking to me to think that people would still have to put up with that. Totally. You know, because and and I'm not I'm all about good natured ribbon ribbing and love to give everybody a hug. You know, yeah. tell somebody when they look super cute. That's not creepy to me. Creepy, you know what creepy is. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. And so there's a big difference between being happy to see somebody and and hugging up on them and just joy and then somebody just gross. Right. Well, to wrap, to kind of wrap up this, you know, women in sports, um, you know, kind of subject, but to kind of put a nice bow on it, what advice do you have for, you know, aspiring, you know, girls that are working, that want to work in sports? Mm -hmm. Well, This is some rough advice, and it's not always taken in the best. Am I going to cry? No, you're not going to cry at all, baby. Okay, okay. You're not going to cry. Okay. What I tell them is we still live in a world with the double standard. And Mm -hmm. number one, you need to dress extremely professionally. Mm -hmm. Extremely professionally. Because if you look like you're about to go to the club, no one's listening to what you're saying. Right. and it's sad it's ridiculous I mean you should be able to dress cute be whatever you want to do I always hold up and she'd kill me since she hears this but I tell young women who are looking to be on-air talent to look Mm -hmm. at Dana Larson yep Dana is always beautiful impeccably dressed and always appropriate Mm -hmm. there's never an outfit where you're paying more attention to what she's wearing than what she's saying and yet she's Cute as a bug. She looks fantastic. Yeah. You know, but she is like the role model I would tell young women look, behave, be Dana Larson. <laughs> yep. 
I love her. Today has been so great, great about talking to people that have wanted that advice. You know, yeah. the other thing I would tell people, stay as far away from the players as you can. Because mm -hmm. no matter, you just think you're being friendly and saying hi, and people will talk smack for lack of, I'm not going to use a naughty word. <laughs> you know, because they'll be, oh, well, look, she's over there. You know, even to a situation now, um, and, and I think the, I would hope players would appreciate, like, as a young woman, I wouldn't get in an elevator with just players because mm -hmm. then I can say stuff that happened. I mean, like, if it's just a player, it's one-on-one, -on -one, it's he said, she said, you know. Right. And, and that, I, I don't want to put them in that situation, and I'm, I don't want to be in that situation, you know. Right. So I would, I, I, of the young women I know that travel with teams, I tell them, stay with the other guys on your crew. Right. You know? hang out with them, hang out, do whatever. And I'm like, it is ridiculous. It is sad that you still have to behave this way, but that's still the world we're living in. It's not where it needs to be yet. And I mean, right. I, I should have mentioned this earlier. When, when I started traveling, there were still women working in broadcast television that were not allowed to travel with the team. So mm -hmm. uh, a girl in my position with another team would have to leave a game early if there was a day game in another city the next day and fly commercial to get there because Crazy. the coach or the team or somebody opposed to her being on the plane. And it wasn't anything she had done. It was merely her gender that kept her in it. It's, I know, isn't that, it, and it's head shaking because the Mavericks have always been super progressive Yep. in, in that area. You know, right. the traveling party was always both genders. <laughs> right. You know, so I, I, I can see where that seems crazy to some because it just, floored me back in the day that that was still the case. And we were talking about the 90s. We're not talking about, I didn't start traveling in the 60s. <laughs> it may look like it, but I mean, this was the late 90s. Whatever. You know? Yeah, so, it's within the last 30 years, which yeah. is so, crazy. So that, and, you know, I, I maybe didn't, looking back, I maybe didn't always handle things the best way because I've always just been one of the guys. I'll give as good as I get, and that's not always the most professional response. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know the my my biggest advice is just to purport yourself in a way that you don't put yourself in a situation where rumors can take you down yeah totally you know Absolutely. somebody can say no she was right here with me you're making all that up right right and, sadly, and i would say that's oh sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say and you gotta know your stuff yep like don't 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 try to speak knowledgeably about something when you don't know what you're talking about. Just say you don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to look into that. Right. <laughs> right. For sure. And like you just even saying that, like that's your advice you would give. And I feel like in the years that me and Becca have both traveled, Becca traveling with the Knicks, me traveling with the Mavs, that's still just kind of like those unwritten rules where you're just right. like, you don't want to like put yourself in a compromising situation, even mm -hmm. though you have no intent ever to like you know you we care and are passionate about our jobs and sometimes that doesn't get translated sometimes that doesn't become the subject or anything like that so i would say like even sometimes to this day we still kind of have to operate under those like rules or those you know mm -hmm. those ideas even though like no one's ever made us feel that way or anything like that right. but at the same time it's just one of those things that's kind of like all right we're thankful to be here yeah and we're trying our best Same behavior but yes yeah. exactly there are petty, sad people 
that will make up stuff to make themselves feel better to try to bring you down and it accomplishes absolutely nothing and they're just Been the there. most pathetic people on the planet yep. yep Been there so love that <laughs> okay carla it is time we need to hear about the bubble we want <laughs> all the info as we kind of segue into this little section segment uh, how's the bubble give us all the oh. info well, you know, there's not a whole lot to give right now that isn't out in the world because I'm in the bubble, so I'm not really, and, and we are separate from where the players are right now. Okay. They've already done, most of them have already completed their quarantine and they're out, I noticed fishing, you know, they've been able to practice. Golfing. Do, yeah, all kinds of fun stuff. So we're still in the bubble, but um it is crazy being in here and then you hear, oh, so-and-so snuck out and so-and-so did. And then I'm like, y'all. But camp. I need y'all to button this down. I was safe at home and I came yeah. to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> and I drove because so. I was not putting three months of luggage on a plane. And I was like getting on a plane. Yeah. yeah. The way the numbers are going in Texas and the numbers in Florida, I was like, I'm gonna be in my own little movable bubble so very smart. I, uh, I got here Saturday night, and Saturday night we stayed in a deluxe suite at the Waldorf Astoria, which was Ooh. amazing. Love the Waldorf. <laughs> oh it's my god! <laughs> which you know was a sad little tease because my room here in the bubble is fine, but yeah. it's not a suite at the Waldorf. Right. <laughs> you know. So yep. if if this had been the first room, I'd be perfectly happy. There's plenty of <laughs> drawers and shelves and space to put everything away and yeah you know, it's just me in my room right but um you know they've had a few hiccups with like food like dinner was never delivered last night uh, but <laughs> but most of the guys ended up ordering room service i still had a sandwich i hadn't eaten from a previous meal so i was fine yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. like i said there's going to be i mean it's got to be so strange for the hotel people too because there is zero interaction. They knock on your door and leave your food sitting outside. And you open your door and you put the food and you are not allowed to step outside your room. Oh you can gosh. leave your door open if you want to let Florida in, which. <laughs> let Florida in. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm perfectly happy with, with my air conditioning on the inside and, and just uh, keeping it chill. But I know one of the guys has had his room open, the door open all day, every day. Oh, you know, wow. He just, he feels claustrophobic. So, and then Seems it's human. all day like Zoom meetings with the technicians and the other directors and, and people on the different crews to figure out exactly how we're going to pull this off. We're chatting with the teams that are sending us the content yeah. so that the arena will look like uh, a home show okay. for them. Yeah. So, uh, got to get all that coordinated. And then once we get close to where we're doing the scrimmages and the games, we'll start meeting with a, a member of that team through a Zoom meeting, going through all their content, making sure we're doing the show they want, want us to do. So wow. that's uh, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot, but, lot, but it seems like you have like this system already kind of in place. Like, well, they're still, they're, they're, yeah, they're working it out because they've never done this fan wall thing before, you know, not in this type of situation. And, uh, so they're getting all that down and then we're trying to figure out how we're going to call the show based on that and it's all being done 
virtually. Yep. And I mean, I'm still like a pencil and paper girl. I'll take notes and have them sitting there, even though I'm running our show at home on a computer. Right. Yep. I've got handwritten notes and things with me as well. So I still haven't tra transitioned completely into the digital age. So it's so it works, strange. It works. To, we can help you. Yeah, I want to print things, you know, they send you these you schedules and rundowns them. and I'm like, I want to print this. <laughs> send, me, send me a postcard. <laughs> For real. <laughs> so so it's, it's an adjustment, but we'll get there. That's awesome. I mean, did you ever think like basketball would be played like this, let alone like at the beginning of COVID and quarantine when games ended to where we are now about to play in a bubble like what what are your I know it's crazy because I mean I can remember early on even I think even in February we were talking mm -hmm. about the possibility of would we be doing games without fans yep as cases started to show up and and seeing what was going on around the world that it never occurred to me that that night the game, you know, the season would be shut down in the middle of our game. Yep. You know, that's right. and it was a great game and we're trying to concentrate on the game and, you know, it's media is just blowing up. Tom Hanks is testing positive, you know, yeah. we go bear, they're pulling teams off courts, everything's happening. And it was just so surreal and so strange. And to think I have been, out of the office longer than I was in the office. Oh, same here, same here. We started yeah, around the exactly. same time. Yeah, Becca. It's so crazy. Exactly. So crazy. Wow. <laughs> wow. I feel like my life is passing me by. Oh, well, and I mean, it, it's for all you young people. I'm an old person, you know, but the people who had their weddings and their graduations and all this stuff, scheduled and uh, yeah. I just I can't even imagine dealing with all of that know. you know people stuck at home with multiple little kids trying to teach them school and work online and you know I'm blessed because it's just me <laughs> and my husband yeah. and you know we don't we don't have to to deal with all that stuff you know so I, I can I know it's been particularly stressful on a whole lot of people and I've been blessed that that's not been my issue <laughs> yeah for sure but you could potentially be in the bubble until october exactly so then a different issue popped up right now i'm like all right how's this the medicine schedule for the cat this is what the dog needs <laughs> this is what my mom you got to do for her oh, yeah your mom oh my gosh <laughs> here your handle mom. it see you in like october yeah, i know I that's know, crazy it's oh like my gosh. I volunteered, you know, for the whole thing because of my fear being, okay, so what if I, I go home and the Mavs are still in it? I'll kick myself the rest of my life. Right. Yeah. You know, because I know you guys know this. I have two tattoos. One is my wedding ring and the other is a 2011 championship trophy. Oh, yeah. So that's where my loyalties lie. <laughs> Love it. Bubble quarantine and all. That's right. Yep. I'm going to love it. So, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, uh, it's so weird. It's so different, but all the, the, the people I've met that are here working from all the different teams are, are, they're, they're fun. They're excited. And it, it's just been, it's been funny. We have all these text threads going, you know, yeah. like, did you get dinner? No. Do we need a drone so somebody <laughs> can drop in a Whataburger? <laughs> <laughs> Yum. Awesome. Whataburger from a drone. That's <laughs> like whatever it takes right 
Well, we're glad that you're enjoying like yourself, even though you're seven days or two days into a seven day quarantine. And it seems like you've made friends. (laughs) Had no doubt you would, but it's just one of those things where you never know. It's weird being friendly with people from the Spurs and the Rockets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The rivals. I'm sure they're lovely people, but I just, you know. Associate. for life, right? Exactly. (laughs) MFFLs know all about that for sure. Indeed. Yes. Okay, well, thank you, thank you, thank you, Carla. That about wraps it up for us. Thank you for coming on Mavs Daily. Um, Make sure you're following all of us on social media at Dallas Mavs. We've got great stuff coming from the bubble. You never know, Carla might, you know, send us a little video from wherever you're at. We'll post it on social. We are totally open to that. Whatever you're doing, give us another inside scoop from the bubble. But um, (laughs) yeah, um, rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And we'll see you next time.